0: this is space cats peace turtles the unofficial podcast for fantasy flights twilight imperium episode 91 soul versus yin music by ben prunty featuring matt martins and hunter donaldson
1: The system for numbering the episodes is so crazy to me. Like, you even, I can't believe you should do, this is now the start of the episode. This is it. It wasn't yep. even going to be it, but now you said that crazy thing of like, well, if Dune starts, then that won't, that won't feed into how many episode numbers there are. That's so- It's season two. He's gonna, no, guys, listen. He is going to, when we start doing the next game, he's going to start another set of numbers for those episodes.
0: It'll be Dune no, zero one. one
1: Dude, no podcast works like that. Like,
0: there's no. Every, uh, and in fact, in every fact, podcast works like that.
1: I'm gonna look at it right now. I'm gonna look at it right now. Uh, no, the, there's n- a.
0: That's a thing you can do is set up seasons within a podcast. Dune is sure. our other se- Is our second sure, season. Sure. Sure.
1: So, but but that's not what a hundred two episodes episode one. Means. So, so we, we're going to get to a hundred for your weird numbering system, (laughs) but technically we're, this is episode 99 and the next one will be a hundred.
0: Well, you know, what's funny about that is three of those episodes are like that, like after episode four or whatever, three, we did a yin errata as an entire episode, but it was just like later in the week. We've got like three of those where it's like, that's not an episode, uh, the yin, the, the yin guide prank. That,
1: oh right you know. that's a whole episode by this so there's really also the, at, the episode where you're just like hey it's gonna be late this week do you remember when, I, when we would do that
0: when, i deleted when those but yeah oh you did oh, okay yeah. that Anyways. was funny
1: that we were at a point with the show where we were so scared about like releasing it late that we did put something out of just some, yeah. like I, that's pretty crazy too that's not normal <laughs> that's not how people normally i've do seen this. that
0: i didn't come up with that i've seen that before all right well i don't know why we started fighting at the beginning of this <laughs> one but by, uh, you know l- you know who has been fighting and someone just lost? Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Yeah, so this is it. We're, we're six weeks in. Game of Thrones, Mother of Dragons is gone for the Game 2 debate. Yeah. Uh, I like how we also, part of this discussion was ass- assuming it's Dune. If you want to change that, now's your chance. Uh, you got two weeks. It's Root versus Dune, and Dune has had a slight advantage on Root for the past few weeks. So you Root fans, if you're... If you're yep. diehards for root, you better show up for this last one because otherwise, it's,
1: I, let's emphasize though it is a tight race. Like, it is tight. It's, it's I, very I, tight. It, it it easily could be could be root. And I will yeah. say this: uh, this these are my two favorite games that we had in the list. Yep. So like I am very happy with all of this, uh, and I will be happy with regardless of what this was true before. Even yeah, but now it's super duper true. Yeah, um, yeah. So. Regardless of whatever you guys pick, I am going to be so happy to talk about either of these games. Uh, I think they yep. both look amazing and will be really cool. And I'm so excited to, to get this next leg of the show over and done with so that we can start moving on to newer things. Yep. Um it's, it, I, I know it's probably felt like we've been kind of, you know, in just kind of every week we're just talking about uh, whatever, but this is our searching period. You know, every yes. summer it's like we kind of go out into the wild to just kind of search for what
0: the show is going to be about. And, Gen Con uh, is like a real reclamation period. Like yeah. August happens and then from Gen Con outward, it's like, <gasps> I know what to do. Last year, Gen Con doing that was like basically when we decided to do the tournament, the yes. Patreon tournament and then yes. we organized that at, uh, around October so it's like we're kind of coming up on one of those uh periods again where like the whole the whole show gets redefined again yeah. Yeah. cuz it'll be it'll basically uh, ideally it'll be you know episodes of things about dune and then um our strategy guides as well like in, in conjunction with each other it'll yeah. be hyper strategy time so right
1: and I think our goal is to eventually have so many different topics that Space Cats is about that there are so many different numbering systems that Matt just <laughs> drops that, and there's just one set of numbers for, one number. for the show. Well, but, what,
0: what, what should I really realistically happen is that they stop having episode numbers, and, right? But That's not, not until I'm dead. Yeah. Um,
1: well, so Matt, what are we going to do today? We've got kind of, I think we've got a pretty cool type of episode that we've never done before. We've talked about doing this before, probably even on the show, but yeah. it kind of struck This is one us of our today. earliest
0: ideas for episodes. This was yeah. a very old idea. Um, um and actually gonna...
1: before, before we even throw it out there, I just want to say we are wor- currently working on, uh, the soul faction guide, yeah. a yeah. new updated, uh, faction guide, uh, for soul. And it's been really fun. That you won't be, you won't actually get that for a while uh, because we got to do Gen Con. And then, so like September is like when you're going to get that. But in working on that, this topic kind of came up. Right. um,
0: Yeah. It's a, we want to talk about uh, faction relationships and like different matchups. And matchups can have a lot of different connotations because for some things, it's like, uh, ooh, you guys have this weird synergy and you should find ways to work together. Uh, Today's is like the opposite of that, which is soul versus yin mm-hmm. and like you two are are basically mortal enemies and there's not really a way around it unless you're sitting across the table and you just are able to never have interactions but probably you're gonna have interactions even if you're across the table because you're both mecha factions right. we'll get into that but regardless like i think soul and yin maybe more than any other two factions like have this awful back and forth mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. i kept i I was playing soul today and a good yin brotherhood member Fargonas Fargo was playing Yin, and I kept feeling like yin was my counter but I'm sure Fargo felt the opposite of like I hate being next to soul and I think that's like part of the definition of this relationship is really neither of you have the leg up on each other but you two have to deal with each other all game
1: Mm -hmm. yeah I I think Uh, it's interesting in, in making this list of all their abilities. um, I feel like this was intentional actually. And I never really worked that up before. I know it's actually kind of part of the lore, like the Yin or like clones. Like they have some sort of, don't they have some sort of connection to soul? We never talk about lore and theme anymore, but I'm pretty sure they will do a lore episode.
0: But yeah, it's, it's like a human guy that, that then cloned himself. And then that's the Yin. Yeah. Um, And they're all clones of this one guy. Right. Um. So it. it I heard the guy was Steve Martin. Is that true? Oh, weird. What a weird callback. Uh, it's not. His name is Darian, and that's why the planet's named that. Oh, Isn't Darian kind of sounds like Martin, though.
1: <laughs> Dar- Steve Darian. Uh, maybe that's where Steve will land in the. Because I feel like the Steve Martin uh, bit is one of the oldest Space Cats bit, yeah. but it was really just because you had a Steve Martin poster in your room, and mm-hmm. now we don't even record in the same dang room. Right, so, and the
0: and the poster's not up anywhere here. All I got is Lion King.
1: So from now on, I'm just going to pretend that the yin are all just Steve Martin clones. I like that's, that. That's what it is. That's where it'll be now. But let's get to the serious part of the episode.
0: <laughs> uh I want to talk about the game that I had today yeah, with the Gideon yeah. Brotherhood. Tell us about it. Um, first off, crazy, crazy fun game. Uh, you know how sometimes a Gideon Brotherhood game is like, oh, uh, it started too early or you didn't get enough sleep or... W- or like, the fire alarms going off in or my house. fire alarms going off. going off in your house. Uh, this one was more or less flawless. Actually, there was one major flaw that happened, but it's not important. It's fine. Everybody's okay. Uh, so I was soul... Uh, Fargo was my neighbor as Yin and like from the get-go, I did not want to deal with that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I immediately decided that I was going to use my um, gravity drive early advantage. And like, that's the thing you're supposed to do with soul, right? is like get somewhere supplant yourself, right? Take and don't let them get it back. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I was like, that needs to be Yin's space. Uh, What's helpful too, is uh, I had Nalu to my left. So that was also kind of, freaking me out but i really want to focus on the yin relationship because right. by like round two or three nalu and i did a support for the throne swap anyways so that stopped being a factor uh so i was relentless <laughs> i was really mean to fargo uh i just kept wanting to uh dig into a s- slice because i knew at any moment whenever yin feels like it if they can if they can just like for one move turn out a bunch of ground forces they can take any system they want from Seoul. Mm-hmm. that's just always in their in their wheelhouse and i think my number one regret from this game is not pulling the trigger and just absolutely taking a dump on fargo uh now i didn't want to do that because i i enjoy playing with him and i enjoy playing with the gyb and i did not want to um you know I just didn't want that to be the story of that game. Is that like I really basically eliminated one of the players? That's not fun. But if it had been like a tournament game, I I would have done that. I would have completely tried to landslide him. Um, and and, and maybe... I mean,
1: who knows if that would have paid off for you right. as far as you winning the game? But it would have paid off in that it would eliminate
0: somebody that was a problem for you. Right. Right. So I spent a lot of the game extorting them, and I think what ended up being my problem is I gave them too many outs. Uh, he he paid me off a number of times, mm-hmm. and then there was one round where exactly what I thought would happen happened, where it was just like, okay, now Yin wants to attack Soul. Nothing you can do about it. You're dead. It's over. He he brought all the stuff he wanted to bring, and you didn't stand a chance, uh, which to me showed, like, look at how crazy this relationship was like i had this early game pretty obvious advantage on him. like i was dunking on him and could have gone further and then he completely turned it around and, and made it the exact opposite story where by the late right. game it was like oh my gosh is matt gonna be able to hold on this might this could be pretty bad for him um so i want to break down uh today we want to break down why that happens. What's what is at work and why right. these two have such a contentious relationship and why there's like no way out. And hopefully we can try to offer advice on what you could do, what some of your options are. There's no perfect answer. I'll say that much up front. There is not an answer to this problem, but there's maybe many answers that you could try.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, th- I essentially what we're going to do is we're going to take uh, the various Faction abilities that they both have access to, and kind of evaluate them against each other yeah. as ideas, and hopefully that will kind of paint a picture of like how these two factions are really interacting from almost like a game design perspective, but also just like within the scope of one uh, of one game. Uh, now, obviously, uh, yeah. a lot of this stuff isn't going to apply if like you did a support swap with Yin or whatever. Like like this this is more this is assuming that you are having a contentious relationship with, uh, with Yin right. or, or you're playing a soul or whatever. Yeah. Um, and
0: to get it out of the way, I wonder if that's the, if that's maybe the only solution to this problem, but I don't think it is because I think at some point that support for the throne swap could, be in dangerous territory yeah i mean i don't
1: i don't think it's a good plan to arbitrarily decide that there's just a certain faction that you always try and do a support swap with that's probably not the smartest thing because people play these factions differently and there's a lot of there's there's a lot of different variables for you to just decide across the board that that's what you do um i also want to get out of the way before we get too deep into this um that our opinion is overall, Soul is definitely the better faction. To Yin, yes, right, like, right. I mean, just taking everything into account, that that's true. So if if you listen to this and it sounds like we're really playing up Yin, remember that we that we did say that at the
0: beginning. Yeah, right. Yeah, I think I think Soul has um, the better cohesion. They're yeah. they're able to pull off the better thing, but Yin has some dirty, dirty tricks up their sleeve that can can still ruin that whole uh that whole cohesion so Mm -hmm. let's break down probably the most uh important abilities Uh, yeah there's a lot there's a lot at work here actually it's kind of crazy to see how all these things bounce off of each other Mm -hmm. but first and foremost the reason this even starts off as a conversation is because of indoctrination versus orbital drop right uh indoctrination is the yin brotherhood ability which reads at the start of a ground combat You may spend two influence to replace one of your opponent's participating infantry with one infantry from your reinforcements. Mm -hmm. They lose one, you get one. Soul's orbital drop is the ability where as an action, a great stall, you can spend one token from your strategy pool to place two infantry from your reinforcements on one planet you control. So the difference here being orbital drop, is more or less a defensive action and indoctrination is mostly an offensive action. Obviously it can still be used defensively Mm -hmm. uh, and it it is incredibly powerful defensively, but orbital drop is, is by its very nature, not offensive, right? right? You are, you are, you're maybe making an offensive move. And then on your next turn, using orbital drop to further defend that forward position, but you're not using orbital drop to drop two dudes on somebody else's planet. It is only on your own versus indoctrination only happens during space combat so i want to draw that line of like one is active and and forward and the other is is more is passive and defensive yeah Uh, yeah
1: i and i think i think a real difference between yin and soul in general is that with soul to outplay yin they kind of have to plan really solid like it's a lot of like you have to have just kind of already gotten enough Dudes out there to to the critical spots, um, right. in order for Yin to not be able to get through. Whereas indoctrination is so much more versatile in ability yeah. than orbital drop, and it's so like you know Yin can look at Soul Slice and attack the weak point reliably, even though Soul is like the the one with the uh, kind of
0: overall stronger position, right. Yeah, I, I think that flexibility is what makes yin so scary for a soul. Even if a soul, like, could probably beat the yin in most cases, the fact that they're terrorists. They can show mm-hmm. up at any point and, like, wreck one of your main spots. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of want to ask, Hunter, do you do you think... We talked about soul being better, but which infantry do you think is better, or do you? I mean, do, is there an answer to that question?
1: Uh, well, it, I mean, I... Th- I mean, it's kind of a boring answer, but definitely Spec Ops Two is going to be better than any of the of the Yin,
0: right? That's that's worth adding to this conversation. Now is the idea that I mean, uh, a Soul is going to get ground forces that fight on a six, and at best Yin's going to get theirs fighting on a seven, right? And and even that, I think a lot of Yin should get infantry too, but they don't all get infantry too, right? Uh, Not to the
1: extent that Soul always gets Spec Ops Two, right? Um, What's interesting though is because so indoctrination you're only using at the beginning of combat or is it at the beginning of every combat round look at this no it's the beginning of it's
0: it's the beginning of combat
1: yeah one one time so so that kind of that kind of hurts the math a little for yin if it was something they could use every round there could be like a really weird um relationship between like you know uh essentially hey i can just make this combat round go as fast as right. or, uh, as long as i possibly can right the
0: longer it goes the better my
1: odds get yeah thing so i mean i think if we're talking a green yellow yin with infantry 2 it right. sounds it sounds close but i it's got to be souls spec ops yeah. basically
0: right um and, and i think too the other idea here is we have to start talking about souls advanced carriers Right. and inevitably advanced carrier, too. um, Because it's we we start to get into a conversation of who is going to be able to overwhelm who. Yeah. Now, again, this is why we keep giving soul the points. That's soul's very nature. That's the whole point is like I can from the start of the game, I can bring six ground forces instead of just four. Uh, And if I upgrade my carriers, I'll get to eight. Uh, In this particular game I played today, I got Carrier 2 as fast as I could because it makes the most sense. You want Gravity Drive round one, so round two, you're already ready to go with Advanced Carrier 2. Right. So I I was pretty comfortable with that decision in terms of like, okay, early game, I can overwhelm Yin pretty much right away. That's that's easy to do because I'm able to get infantry on the front lines and move them all around together with even just one carrier. Sure. Uh, I, I, I
1: want to cut in, though, real quick to say, though, that I think it's important to note that we're, w- when we're talking about Advanced Carrier 2, we're also talking about uh, an ability that is very good, I think, at getting specific units to a specific place, but yeah. not very good at getting infantry across the board, like, right. like to every exactly. planet that we might need within the slice.
0: Right, because my whole thing is I can load eight dudes or more realistically a few dudes and some fighters into one carrier one very good carrier and move that carrier three spaces away right Mm -hmm. gravity drive plus the single carrier you're you're going very far with that carrier and taking it wherever you want but like you're saying hunter it's it's like a single precision strike whereas yin's advantage is yin is is very good if they get transit diodes if you get a yellow skip uh it's even better but even just I think you should go for transit diodes as Yin right away. Right, um, and transit diodes allows you to be anywhere slash everywhere, mm-hmm. uh, and that makes defending as Yin really interesting because you can just pop them up anywhere. Now, obviously, you could get transit diodes as Soul, but you, that's super uncommon. Uh, it's probably late game because doing the blue G uh, the the blue green thing is just way 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 better so we're not Mm -hmm. coming from the standpoint of if seoul gets transit diodes because it's just even though it is cool it is not better than their bg path right uh but regardless yeah there's that idea that that yin is kind of everywhere you make a precision strike to one thing then they can just next round transit diodes those all those ground forces into one new spot and take somewhere else from you i think that's part of this relationship between yin and soul is you took there i'm gonna take here then you Mm -hmm. went over here and took this spot it's not like it's very hard as soul to just overwhelm yin right and it's pretty hard as yin to just straight up overwhelm soul uh it just depends on the the timing of those strikes uh so i guess when putting all those things together the advanced carrier two plus spec ops two combination versus transit diodes plus indoctrination um hunter what do you think is the best move for each faction early like let's say before the end of round two if you are neighbors let's put you as soul and then we'll put you as yin what do you think you're supposed to do against the opponent with with kind of these early techs in mind let's say yin's Mm -hmm. got a yellow skip and they're gonna get an early transit diodes and let's say soul is gonna get early advanced carrier too
1: I think it's a lot about um, reading the other player. So, so if I'm if I'm Yin, I feel like I'm not obsessed with. I'm obsessed more with getting solid control objectives from other players versus getting to Mechatol first. Uh, if mm-hmm. we're talking about me versus Soul, I can't get there bef- before Soul no. does. Basically, period. I mean, unless I get like a lucky flank speed and Soul doesn't go for it for some reason, um, you're not you don't have a, a, a fast path to uh, mechatol, So I think in that way, if we're going for transit diodes, it's more about filling out my slice, getting uh, lots of dudes kind of spread out so that if Soul does strike at me, I can adjust. Yeah. Um, I don't think there is a world where... like I, I, I think one interesting thing about the relationship, and you kind of even mentioned this potential when you were talking about your game, is that Soul... If Soul decides I'm going to just go straight for Yin, no screwing around, then yeah. I they're gonna win that fight. You know right. what I mean? If it's just like I'm gonna load up all the dudes maxed out and I'm gonna strike them here, I yep. don't think Yin can can handle that so good. But it's more that can Yin reliably take away things from Soul or 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 kind of chip away at soul. And we've seen so many soul games lately too, where that's kind of the story with them anyways. So they kind of have a problem, I think of like coagulating versus like
0: filling out their slice. Yeah. I think that's the biggest factor too, is soul has to strike while the iron is hot and strike early. And and I don't know, maybe, maybe I'll go back on this in the soul guide, but it's really hard to not get an early lead as soul because yeah. that's just so much where your strengths lie is get there, get the stuff, do the things as fast as possible. Yeah. Get to And you're probably, ranks. you're probably going to score points along the way. You should, I mean, you should be, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm going to decide later that like the, the only way to win as soul reliably is to like back off a little bit. Mm-hmm. But the current feeling is like, you better go fast. And the thing with yin is if yin is able to get kind of everything online that's when they become just an absolute behemoth. Right. Um, So I do think soul needs to strike fast and hard. And I think Yin, their job is to try to like spread out and not make it to where one attack from soul crushes them. Right. Like you want, because soul can only target one spot at a time really effectively. You need to just be everywhere right away so that at any point your, your retaliation can come from everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, Because if you put all your eggs in one basket as yin, soul will probably get the better of you.
1: Yeah. Also, as long as as long as you can indoctrinate uh, a soul that's hell bent on taking a yin out of the game, it's going to be it's going to be slow unless they can go right for the throat, basically. Right. Because every every fight, Yin can tip the odds a little more in their favor, meaning the more fights, the more Indoctrinate is going to help yeah. them, basically. Yeah, definitely.
0: Uh, well, we have another uh, wrench to throw in here. We got another problem, because the conversation of how they counter each other is not over. Uh, what was the, the stream was very adamant about this today, of making sure I got Advanced Carrier 2 fast, which I agreed with. I just love the movement. But the really great point to Advanced Carrier 2 is is Devotion is still a problem. I don't think Devotion's like the best ability in the world, but Yin starts with, you know, a Destroyer, and mm-hmm. they can easily build more, and Devotion lets them assign hits. And the last thing you need is to have a Carrier without sustained damage, which yeah. is the advantage of Advanced Carrier 2. So it's especially important to upgrade those Carriers. This is why we, I advocate going Advanced Carrier 2 against Yin and not... Digging into spec ops too fast. If you go spec ops too fast, they'll you probably won't be able to overwhelm them and they'll snipe your carriers. But if you get advanced carrier two, you can bring more ground forces and protect that carrier better.
1: See, I would say though, this this point is is I think the part that I would hate the most as a player um, if I was Yin's neighbor, because I, and I feel like I've said this on the show before, but I am not really that crazy about advanced carrier two, the longer uh-huh. we go. Hmm. The reason I don't care for it as much is I feel like because their base-level carriers already have a higher capacity, Yeah, I it feels like a win more to me. But this particular situation is very solid in that if I was playing, I would be like, well, I guess I have to get Advanced Carrier 2. But right. I don't prefer that. Right. I don't feel right. like Advanced Carrier 2 most of the time in the early to mid game range really opens up any more options for me. Whereas going further down green, maybe even getting hyper metabolism um, is I think the smarter play. Um, right in general but yeah yeah i mean you can't you can't let them carrier snipe you and it's a very real problem right uh, when when yin is a and also is, isn't it cool that we've come so far now we're saying there's good things about devotion right that's, so a, crazy. that's a big
0: step for me <laughs> yeah uh
1: what's
0: what's funny too about it is that what this ends up doing to your fleets is like your fleets will also directly like kind of counter each other because now uh, I've even seen, like because I think Yin should get transit diodes, you're right there next to Impulse Core, the Yin faction tech. Right. Uh, Impulse Core is at the start of space combat. You may destroy one of your cruisers or destroyers in the active system to produce one hit against your opponent's ships. That hit must be assigned by your opponent to one of his non-fighter ships, if able, which is huge. Now, they're not assigning it like they are with Devotion, but the whole point is if they bring two destroyers to any fight where you just have one carrier, the Impulse Core, the first destroyer, uh, and if it's your only carrier, you have to take the hit there, and then they kill their other destroyer to snipe your... They, they can still snipe your carriers, uh, even though you've tried to make it more difficult for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other flip side advantage of this is, as Soul, your best fleets are probably Advanced Carrier 2s and Fighter 2s.
1: Yeah, see, that's the other thing, is I don't want to get Advanced Carrier 2, I want to get Fighter 2. That's yeah. That's what I'm more excited about getting. For me, it's like, I think in an ideal game... I get Gravity Drive first and then Fighter 2, like right, r- right off the bat. Because yeah. I especially with the problem that we're talking about, that Soul has of like, oh, they kind of get gutted a lot, except for like their home system and Mechatol Rex. Like there's yeah. a lot of games like that. I think there is a place for uh a gum the works early game Soul play yeah. where yeah. it's all about making it hard for people. To come in and take your less defended uh, yeah. planets, and but look, you know, yeah. Trying to be clear, I'm not. I'm not saying that uh, Seoul is weak defensively so much as like oftentimes you kind of have to pick and choose your battles. Basically,
0: yeah. yeah. And the fact that Yin's coming at this fight with destroyers that are going to anti fighter barrage your fighters and then devotion yeah, your uh-huh. carriers, it's just like you 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 don't feel like you ever get any advantage, but I'm sure Yin feels about the same way with the fact that you just keep showing up with so much stuff. You just keep pounding them with, with all of these units. Right. Um, so the question then becomes how, and we've broken this down a little bit, but, uh, how do you overwhelm each other? It's a bit of soul doing it early and Yin doing it late, but, I think it becomes a chess match, right? Of of you really do have to just sit there and watch each other because you have to find every weak point at every moment and you're going to keep taking each other's weak points. See, I I think of it more like if I'm playing Soul up
1: against Yen, let's let's pretend that we're playing like a 1v1. I feel like my thing is I'm just going to be like I'm just I'm just going to build a like literally have so many ground forces that indoctrinate isn't going to turn the tide yeah. ever to the right. point where they even maybe have to question whether they want to use it or not yeah um and so it's just this big blob right and i just throw it at them i don't right. think there is much that they can do um if anything devotion is the scarier ability in that scenario yeah that that they're going to destroy uh the the capacity uh basically yeah but i think if i'm yin it's essentially a um poking and prodding type of game yeah of like hey i took this and then we transited diodes over there and now there's like six dudes on this planet and it's right next to your home system and as soon as i can get them over there uh it's going to be scary basically
0: yeah i think uh the biggest thing for both these factions could go- come down to where a forward space dock uh, ends up in yeah. this game, yeah. neither Yin or I got forward space docks, and I had a moment where I could have taken out his home system. He his home system was basically empty, and I had a had an opportunity to jump on it, and instead I took a you know I I extorted him, and I regretted it because if if you can knock out Yin's production center for ground forces, there's your chance. It's soul. That's yeah. it's over because you're gonna keep even if they took out your uh space dock you're going to orbital drop more ground forces elsewhere and you can still make the retaliation yin doesn't have that option uh yeah. in most cases so i i think finding an opportunity and even though it seems really intense like finding an opportunity to strike at the yin's home system i think you should take it most of the time i i that's my, maybe one of my biggest regrets in this game is that i didn't jump on that home system when i had the chance yeah I mean, I, I'll say of the two of them, I think Yin is definitely the one hurting more for a forward
1: dock. Yeah, um, and that, and we've also seen a lot of uh, Yin players go for uh, space Dock 2. I, I feel like they're kind of second most popular to Nalu, yeah. with Nalu yeah. being clearly the most popular for space doc too. Right. Um, but I feel like we've seen that, and I have, uh, I definitely feel like Soul has like a mobility factor over Yin uh, in that. They have gravity drive most of the time, and like we'll just be able to move their stuff farther. Um, but Yin, with a pesky forward dock and transit diodes, can kind of compensate for that lack of
0: mobility, or that lack yeah. of blue tech, generally speaking. Right. I-, I love that point about space dock too. Again, I think you go yellow first, and getting that space dock two allows you to replenish those ground forces that you can then transit diodes everywhere. I think that's the key to staying alive as Yin and for soul it's watching it's it's taking out those space docks as soon as you can uh yeah. if you're able to i mean don't don't over so that okay let's get into the next part of it at what point do you call it quits right are you gonna do that 8v8 ground combat or like let's say you know let's be a little bit more realistic let's say it's 10 soul versus seven uh Yin, right? If Yin mm-hmm. indoctrinates, it's a it's a 9v8. Like, are you going to do that huge cataclysmic fight? It's probably almost all of both of your ground forces. Is that worth it? Or are the two of you just knocking each other out of contention at that point? Do you want to play a game? Do you, do you yeah, want to play a game? Mm-hmm. Okay, what's the, the game?
1: I got the battle calculator right here. So... <laughs> let's just freaking do it um and I, I i want i want a prediction from you as far as what the percentage is going to be obviously we kind of both know the answer to this question already but it's uh, upgraded yin versus upgraded soul um and uh, i'm gonna invading. put i'm gonna put yin defending how yep. many ground forces are we giving them
0: uh give them seven make seven. it a big big scary fight I'm- give soul 10 uh, does that calculator account for indoctrination? That's it can't the one fear really. I have.
1: I, we'll, we'll just do the math for it, though. Let's say it do started nine, ten versus seven, and then nine eight. What do you think is the is the like how bad is it though? You think?
0: Oh, how bad is it?
1: Yeah, like that's it that's what I'm looking for here. Is yeah? Like, is like it, is soul blowing them out of the water or is
0: it kind of close? It feels tight to me. I don't know. Soul with a sixty percent favor. Okay, it's eighty-seven percent soul. Oh, yeah. With nine versus eight, yeah, it's it's that upgrade. Interesting. I mean, I, yeah. yeah. Well, it makes sense. The upgrade goes further. The more dice you're rolling. I mean, it's probably not 87 when it's a two v one, right? Um. So, so uh, that's so interesting.
1: I, th- I think it. I think really the the takeaway here is that if Soul is focusing on yin i don't think that there's a lot that yin can do about it but yin by very nature of going for transit diodes is going to be difficult to kind of pare down but i think if if you focus on them i think you can do it like I, i but it's like if you're focusing on them why are you not focusing on mechatol rex that's kind of the achilles heel i feel like of soul is that right there's so much necessity to be the one getting those mechatol rex points that I feel like an issue like this, that maybe in, in, a, in a regular game where you weren't focusing on Mechatol Rex, maybe Soul would do just fine. It would just be like, yeah. oh, Yin's not a problem because you're not distracted by it. So if you just focus on it, you got him.
0: Yeah. You know what's crazy? I mean, even, I just,
1: even let's do an 8v8 real quick. Even an I, 8v8 well, is 70%. I just,
0: percent I just flipped the Soul. script and I gave nine fighting for Yin versus eight for Soul, And it's still a 60% chance favorite for Soul to defend yeah so yin yin needs plus two ground forces to even get the advantage and that basically completely flips it that one ground force you need a plus two advantage as yin you need a plus one advantage as soul that's my takeaway if Mm -hmm. i'm attacking yin and i'm soul make sure i have plus one Mm -hmm. Uh, after indoctrination right after indoctrination
1: count on indoctrination
0: if i'm yin i need plus two On soul after indoctrination, and even then, it's almost a coin flip. So, like, you probably should do more, right? Versus for soul having even plus one is enough, is plenty. Um, so so yeah, that's that's kind of crazy to me that Yin needs like plus three to get even into the same territory.
1: I think I think it's maybe a situation where Yin can disrupt soul, yes, easier than Yin can straight up one v one soul. Right, you know what I mean? Like, you can make it. Like more complicated for a soul player, but I, I, if you really get their attention, I, 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 and I really think it just comes down to Spec Ops Two. Spec yeah. Ops Two is just so just crazy, so good. Yeah. So I mean, I, with that being said, maybe as a Yin player, the focus should be on, uh, I, am I saying this? I guess Devotion. Really, right? It should right. be about making it so they can't bring enough to to face yeah. you down. Basically, right.
0: There was a point in this game where I had. Uh, a flagship i had the sole flagship and a carrier and plenty of fighters and plenty of ground forces Uh, and i wanted to attack a fleet of yins that had one carrier two destroyers and uh plenty of ground forces but like not really that many fighters or anything but i i didn't i couldn't quite pull the trigger on it um it ended up i should be more thorough i couldn't attack it with the flagship and a ton of fighters that mm-hmm. just that was a hundred percent a losing fight because of the impulse core into devotion that he had right right so so what the decision had to be i have to bring two capital ships i would to, the only way to win this fight is to bring the carrier and the uh flagship or if in, in another situation it would be both you know two carriers like that's what you have to do to stop the two destroyers. Mm-hmm. Um so that's a that's a big deal um uh, and so by by leaning into devotion more than I'm typically comfortable with uh it gives you this out against soul where they suddenly yeah they could beat you on the ground game if they wanted to but they have to consider looking the other direction. They got to go somewhere else because it's right. just it's not worth the potential loss of those huge ships because they're typically building more fighters and uh more ground forces uh I gotta, part of me,
1: i, I go got a hypothetical for you um that i feel like is is kind of relevant but like maybe a little adjacent to what we're talking about is if you are playing soul do you not like can you sell military support
0: to yin basically i think absolutely not i i refused to all game the last thing i ever needed was to hand them an advantage yeah more 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 infantry. More infantry. Um, Maybe there's an argument there, but I don't... I don't see it. Uh, Unless they're, like, having to fuel a war. Like, what was interesting about this game is, on Yin's right was Sardak Nor. And what Mm -hmm. I really wanted was for Sardak Nor to also cause problems for Yin. Because with both of us having essentially the same skill of Infantry 2 or Infantry 1, that could have been a huge problem for Yin. But I wasn't quite able to get the Sardak to always be... uh, He helped a lot, but... We the two of us could have just completely taken Yin out of the game. Uh Well, yeah, and and I I just think if there was another way to go about that, it would have been doing the support for the throne swap with Yin early and fueling their infantry army against Sardak. Mm-hmm. And that's like a that's like a completely different take on the whole situation. Is like both of if both of us had just turned our directions elsewhere, and I had committed fully. To uh, trying to take out Nalu, which would have been a whole other kind of battle, um, right. and then and then Yin gets to f- solely work on Sardak. That's kind of an interesting, an interesting picture uh, that that I think could work. So so there is maybe a world where the two of you need to, like we said, you shouldn't just plan on doing this, but like you two may be better off fortifying a uh, a border. And just being like, we can't do this all game or it's going to end both of us no matter what. We need to ally and and turn outward. See, I think that relationship's better for Yin than it is for Soul. Though. Probably. That was kind because, of my fear. Because that's I, what I'm
1: kind of saying is that like I feel like Yin, if they want to, can more easily sneak that one control objective off of Soul. Whereas I feel like Soul is a little more committed to whatever they're doing. Yeah.
0: Basically. Yin Yin has more room to breathe in the late game than than it feels like Soul does, and yeah, I I agree because um, Soul is probably going to be the enemy of the table in most games unless we right. find a unless we find a good way to not have that happen. That might be overall part of the Soul guide is like, hey, don't take a lead, don't take an early lead. You don't you don't need it. <laughs> the, I think the meta the works really, against you. Yeah, I
1: think that's one of the major questions that we have to answer with the episode is do we think it is still a good idea to rush for the early lead with soul i keep i can't get away from the idea that if you can reliably get mechatol points it just makes it easier to win the game yeah because it frees you up to be able to win the game by just accomplishing secret objectives um and stage one public objectives it's like every right. time you get a mechatol point, you're lowering the ceiling of harder points you have to actually right. achieve yeah because like basically anyone can achieve any of the stage ones it's the stage twos where it gets really crazy and it's yeah. not every stage one obviously there's a the tech spec one that can be really difficult sure but but overall in, in a lot of games. If you can make it where you can win the game without having to accomplish any stage twos, I think there's something to that and that that is Oh definitely always yeah. better,
0: basically. That's gotta be the trick. And that was everybody's fear, even with me in that game, is they just they saw me getting a point lead and they were kind of like, he might not have to worry about stage twos if we if we let it get out of hand. So people are just always looking at you more when you're mm-hmm. when you're soul. Yeah. Well, boy howdy, I feel like we I feel like we kind of hashed a bunch of that out. I, I don't think there's an answer. I don't know. Do you have any other final words on Yin V soul? Um,
1: yeah I mean I I think uh, the this was a, f- a fun way to do an episode and I just want to say that this is the type of episode where I really feel like we're trying to avi- invite as much errata as possible yep um this is I'm we're interested in any thoughts you might have on uh, Yin versus soul but also just soul separately on its own. Uh, I think I want to try and be a little more proactive about like, hey, this is some of the stuff we're working on. yeah, uh, let us know your thoughts ahead of time so that maybe maybe you've got the nugget that we need to kind of crack this thing basically yeah. it's about making yeah. a strong a strong guide for the community to kind of like evolve the play and keep it going forward. yeah.
0: Um, the flaws of the old guides are that there's a guide, and then next week there's some errata about the guide that is sometimes required listening. Mm-hmm. We don't want that with these guys with these guys it should these guys should be one episode and you get everything you need, yeah, so we're trying to get ahead of them as much as we can
1: right. I mean, honest, I think we've said this before, but we shouldn't have called the first round strategy guides guides really yep. they shouldn't have been guides they should have they just weren't been at like, first and then they we should have just been like beginner around. thoughts on yeah. on these on these factions yeah. Um, but yeah I we have we have actually a very good amount of errata for you guys today so let's do, do we want to skip on over to that are you ready yeah hoppity skippity oh yeah hoppity skippity do skip itity skippity die Your first errata comes from <laughs> Hmm.
0: An,
1: an, a new this stranger? <laughs> uh, yeah, I've no... oh, I've never seen this name before. No, it's Zendog, <laughs> baby, just kidding. Um, minor point, but might have been worth mentioning that you can get Warsun tech from Muat or Jolnar too, making, thus making it potentially better for your faction, like a Khan who has the money but doesn't want to go down the tech path, and we'll probably be buddies with Jolnar anyways. Um, I had an awesome SAR plus Warsun game once because of a timely research agreement purchase. Also, maybe footnote about publicized we- weapon schematics. Um, so so I've, I, I didn't do a very good job of setting up this errata. This is last, last week we talked about um, Can at War Sun. We were talking about every faction and whether it is viable for them to do War Sons. Zendog is throwing in, hey, it's actually, there is a whole nother way to get War Sons that basically any faction can go for, which is, you know, cozying up
0: to the Mu'at or the Jolnar. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad that this is getting brought up. It's something we kind of, like, specifically did not want to do last week. Last week was about, let's just take it vanilla. Can you do it? Is it worth doing it? But this is a great thing to talk about in Errata of like, okay, who would like War Sons if they uh if if they don't have to do the, the hard part which is all the researching. Right. And and the quick answer could be, well everybody Warsons could be awesome if you don't have to do the tech path, but that's not true because they still cost twelve dollars, right? Right. So this point about Hakan and Sar and probably Barony and all these different factions that like typically can get a lot of money, if you don't have to do the 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 long part, the part that takes forever then yeah, absolutely get War Sons. Why not? I mean, I, right. I don't, I guess the bigger question then becomes how much do you pay to get that research agreement or to get that MUOT note? Now we right. talked about the MUOT note uh, a couple of weeks ago and we kind of ended up saying like, it's really, it's just hard to sell because, because of that $12 problem. So um, I guess like Hunter, what's, what do you think is the right way to go about this? Like if I'm gonna if I'm gonna try to cheat my way into getting war sons.
1: I think a lot of the points we made in the last uh episode still stand even with this. Um it's just that anytime we talked about tech path being an issue, you can just kind of like take that negative away. But everything else we said is still very true. So yeah. I mean like I I think it the order that we kind of made of like here's like our top five and then kind of here's everybody else. I think all of that still makes sense. It's just everything gets like shifted up a bit. But like yeah. even, you know, like I think we said ghost was like a very interesting option. Right. right. Um and I think that's still true, even with this being said, it's just like if this is the case then it's even easier. Right. But right. uh it, Sar still kind of, like, in the example, he was like, I had an awesome Sar plus Warsun game. Uh, I think that is a really good example of a faction that we mentioned the problem being mostly Tech Path, you know? Right. So, like, right. if it's mostly Tech Path is the issue, then, sure, if you want to plan for this. But, like, this changes nothing for, like, Sardak-Nor. Right. Or, like, even really the the kind of, I would call them, like, poorer factions. Like, yin yes. No, this is, changes nothing for Yen, uh, right. and also changes I don't even know how. Arborek. Yeah, uh, the, it it changes nothing for for basically any faction that doesn't kind of already have a predisposition for uh, maybe going for war sons. Like like I would say Soul, maybe this maybe this is how Soul does war sons. Maybe, yeah. but maybe. even still, it's kind of it's, <laughs> it's 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 kind of weird, and I don't. I don't see this happen so much. People are really excited about research agreement, but I think most of the time, if you're trying to get war sons out of it, that might be a little bit of a waste on your part because there's so much else you could get out of it that
0: is going to be right. reliably better for you. Right, that you don't have to spend $12 And on.
1: And just less
0: expensive, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Hakan point is especially fruitful, though, because you are going to have a really special relationship with Jolnar, because you can do all kinds of crazy trades. You, you know, once Jolnar gets E res siphons, you can activate their stuff and trade mm-hmm. the trade goods. And mm-hmm. yeah, you guys will be rich, go for it. If Jolnar even wants to do that, you know, that's gonna be the other problem though, is as Jolnar, shouldn't that be my advantage? Don't I want to when I research war sons, I wanna be the only one with them. I'm not really yeah, keen on giving out research agreement when it's time to go war sons.
1: Yeah, you would think if you were Jolnar, you would basically want people to use research agreement for everything but that,
0: basically. Yeah. So, hey, yeah, uh, next up is one from Supercellcath, and Supercellcath says, uh, this is a, a long one to so strap in, uh, Warsons being a single unit is not a disadvantage for Arborek, but it's an advantage. Warsons being a single free unit frees up Arborek to avoid Latani 2 and do more with less production capacity. Warsun allows even a single Arborek infantry to produce an intimidating force in any area of the map. War Sun Arborek should ideally have or take a red skip, which makes getting to War Sun viable. Starting with Majin means Arborek already has the worst part of researching War Sun behind them. And War Suns and red tech generally help Arborek with one of their greatest weaknesses, an inability to win sp- space combats, especially in the late game where Arborek has to make up for lost ground. It's not something to go for every game, or to plan to go for at the start of the game. But with a red skip, it's absolutely an option.
1: I uh, I, I see what they're saying. Uh, also, I I maybe we just misspoke when we were talking about uh, production in Latani when it comes to War Suns, because I felt like that was I felt like that was the point that I was making. But maybe I just said it. Well,
0: right. I think Supercell Cat is res- responding to something I said, which is it feels like a waste of the amount of production capacity you can have and this oh. is a perfectly valid counter argument to that of like oh like, I don't that. don't do that and if anything too a lot of people as arboric accidentally over focus on getting too many infantry to to the point where it's like you have so much production and you're not going to use it why did you go that far now you don't have any fleets you should have been doing that a- and i see that argument and i see how war zones can can bleed into that but i'm still a little bit of a like I kind of would rather see a blue green Arborek get fighter two and have big fighter swarms and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. But I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Um, I want to add this other thing before we finish topic- talking about Arborek, though. Um, Zoe we says, while I would agree that green Arborek is a lot better than Warsun Arborek, I believe that Warsun Arborek has its place. That place being any game. The Necrovirus is also present in. Necro with Latani 2 should not be a thing, so you need to let the na- table know that you don't want to make them go nuclear, but you will if you have to. A few trades, deals going your way to keep you out of green does a lot for the War Sun plan, in my opinion. It also feels like uh oh oh we'll we'll finish Zoe Penpai's point here in just a minute, but to, cool. to finish talking about Arborek. Uh, um, I, I, lo- I I love this idea of uh, threatening to go green when Necro's in the game and getting paid for it. I think that's hilarious. Uh, yeah,
1: but at at the same time, it's like like Latani 2 is is pretty bad for Necro to get. I agree. But also, like another thing that's bad for Necro to get is War Sons. So yeah. I don't know that, <laughs> right. that it kind of sounds like you're. I mean, you I, it's about picking the lesser of two evils, I guess. Yeah. Um. Um. But.
0: Part of this Warsun Arborek conversation was, and, and there were lots of people that talked about this, which is that PDS Arborek is very great, and you should mm-hmm. do PDS Arborek. Uh, there's just a debate on whether or not you go further than that to, to dip into Warsuns. But the fact that you start with Majin, and you're almost definitely getting Sarween, uh, many people have pointed out that PDS Arborek is maybe the most uh, f- effective way to play Arborex because you can defend your early game whereas normally you would have issues. Uh if you get the that PDS2 right away, uh many people have found lots and lots of success with that. Um but I couldn't get too many people to say they would continue to pull the trigger to War Suns. But us saying Arborex shouldn't necessarily get War Suns is not us saying Arborex shouldn't get PDS2. Yeah. Uh, that's that's a big thing for me. But I was so, obsessed
1: with PDS2 Arborek for a while actually. I yeah. played like two or three games back to back like that. I think Arborek in general is just tricky and I don't know yeah. like I don't know how to do it. So if I if I sounded negative about PDS2 Arborek last week, I don't remember
0: if I did. I think but, it's probably akin to how I feel about ghosts where it's like ghosts aren't bad, but boy did I just have tr- trouble with Well, them. I think Arborek might be worse than ghosts. Oh, definitely. I don't know. I don't know. They're worse than ghosts, but but regardless uh, I, I think I see all the arguments and we even, we leaned a little bit towards War Sons for Arborek and then we eventually decided no. So they're, they're certainly on the fence and I'm mm-hmm. not going to like, I'm not going to scoff at an Arborek who decides to go War Sons. You know what I mean? I'm not going to be like, yeah. that's a, that's an absolute mistake. It's just kind of like, I don't know. I don't know if that'll save you. I um, think, I think all these
1: points uh, stand and I, and I agree with what they're saying. I think that it's one of those things where Arborek just has so many games where the early game goes poorly and then yeah. they don't really recover from that. That I feel like that's, what's giving me a lot of hesitation about this idea, but yeah. I uh, am interested enough to, I've never tried to go worse on Arborek. And I think next time I play Arborek, if it seems possible, I'm I might go for it. Like the, this sounds pretty yeah. good actually.
0: Yeah. Uh, similar to Soe Penpai's pen point about Arborek versus Necro, uh, they had this to say. I also feel like you're missing a point regarding the Barony of Letnev. If your neighbor is the Nalu Collective and they are going Neuroglave, you should at least consider going War When Neuroglave comes online, you move all of your tokens out of fleet pool. One dread and one War Sun and a handful of fighters is as good as almost any Nalu fleet.
1: Yeah. I, I agree with this. This is a little too focused though, I feel like. This it is, is very you're, focused. you're changing your entire game and going after War Sons, which luckily Barony doesn't I mean, tech path wise, it's a little bit better for them than it is for yeah. most people. Um, but this is this is you changing your entire game just based off Neuroglave. Right. So I, this this would necessitate a very aggressive Nalu that is a problem for you. If we're talking about a neighbor, like you know, it's sort of like what we were talking about today with soul versus Yin. If you did a support swap with Yin, the, a lot of these things don't really stand that right. we said in the episode today, anyways.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I cut out some stuff too about him talking about his his preferred path, which involved doing Dreadnought two first and then going for zones. Mm-hmm. And there's a part of me where it's like, well, that's a lot. That's a lot of tech to get, yeah. uh, even with the red skip or whatever. So it, it's it's that's a tough one. But I do love that point of mm-hmm. i can i i am not afraid of you nalu with your neuroglave because i'm barony and i have an answer if yes. i decide to if i decide to go for it
1: this is one of those things that people the type of thing that people bring up sometime where i'm like oh i really i i really like this idea and if i saw somebody pull it off i would be like that is so slick and cool yeah how neuroglave is not hurting you whatsoever and you can <laughs> still beat nalu but the other thing is like you gotta set this up i mean the this person didn't even say that they like in this. I know you just said like, oh, they they say that they went for Dread Two, uh, and you cut that out. But it's even in this example, you pretty much have to have Dread Two and right. Warson for this to work. This right. idea, because right. otherwise you, your Dreads are just moving one, and that's kind of rough.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's not going to work out.
1: Well, I guess a gravity drive is really all you need, so then it's
0: not too bad. But. Right. Uh, so this last one is from Stronkowski, uh, and he says ghosts. You missed two of their pro War Sun advantages. This is just to say, we, because we ended up saying we like War Suns for ghosts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, Sankowski's just pointing out two things we didn't even mention that makes it even better for ghosts. Right. First, they have Dimensional Splicer, which is a great tech that is not only red, but is a mage and skip. That's huge, and we didn't even bring it up. Yeah. So, important to note. Second, their flagship can help you get a fleet from home base to anywhere very quickly, so that's an additional advantage you left out for both tech path and for forward space stocks ghost doesn't need the forward space dock if they have their flagship right now are you going to afford a flagship and a war sun? that's a lot it's possible but that's a lot
1: <laughs> yeah i'll also say this i'm generally i'm starting to get of the opinion that it is not worth building your flagship unless you are certain that no one is going to destroy it for a point basically
0: yeah uh, I, think be- I think every flagship
1: but beto- i think every flagship besides extra is like kind of questionable to me now and honestly the phil collins is one of the weaker flagships as like right. a combat ship so right I
0: don't know. yeah yeah I, I i agree we're not going to get into a whole thing about ghosts but it's it is definitely tricky and and while i agree i especially agree with the dimensional splicer replacing the oh for point. sure But the flagship thing is is kind of whatever. But regardless, you're also probably going to have a forward space dock as ghosts, anyways. Yeah, Uh, and that's it. That's all the errata. We did it. We did it. Uh, Hey, Hunter, will you right now uh, rate this podcast on iTunes or Apple Podcasts? You know, I
1: haven't, but I'm still kind of on the fence about it. In (laughs) general, you know, like I need to see more before I commit to what stars I'm going to do. I've been thinking about it, but I, I, you know, yeah.
0: Working, I like working on that perfect review. I
1: like one of the guys, but the other one I'm like, eh. <laughs> uh,
0: you can also follow us on Twitter at Space Cats Pod. You can find us on Facebook, Space Cats Peace Turtles. Uh, please join the Twilight Imperium subreddit for great posts and discussion that happen there. We post there every week, and that's an easy way to get uh, into the errata. Uh, you can also join our Patreon. Uh, patrons are the ones currently selecting game number two. So if you want to decide between root Or Dune, the new edition of Dune that is supposed to be available at Gen Con uh, and Root, which has a Kickstarter going on for their next expansion. If you want one of those two games, join the patron just for $1 to to be a part of the voting. Uh, You can also join for higher dollar amounts to do things like what I did today, which is I played with a bunch of Good and Brotherhood uh, members, and it was an incredibly wonderful experience. You can join our Discord uh, for fun conversation and Patreon benefits. And Hunter, do you have some comedy you want to talk yeah. about?
1: So uh, if you happen to live in Portland, Oregon, this is basically just for you. Um, but I have a very big show coming up that's really exciting. Um, it's, a, it's part of a series of shows I do every summer, but this is probably the biggest one we've ever done. Um, it's called Comedy uh com- house show comedy comedy party god i don't know what the name of the show is anymore because everybody just calls it comedy party but yeah. it has a dumber name than that um, there will be a link to where you can buy tickets to this show it's happening on july 27th at a very special place called desert island studios um it's a 10 dollar show but you'll get to see uh me doing stuff and comics uh, of a very high caliber including uh, one friend of mine who writes for Jim Jeffries um, and then also my personal favorite comedian I've ever known period. Um, his name is Milan Patel. Uh, he is so funny and uh, he's gonna actually close out the show for us. Um, and it's just gonna be it's gonna be rad and this this show is basically like a once in a year opportunity. We basically only do it to the caliber we're going to do it this month. We basically do that one time. Um, So please come check it out if you live in Portland. Uh, It's going to be so much fun.
0: It's the Rules Quiz.
1: (laughs) That was, of course, our Rules Quiz uh, jingle. Uh, (laughs) Could you tell that that, we had that commissioned? uh, We paid a scat singer to record that for us. That was definitely not just Matt doing that off the cuff that we paid, that we paid a lot of money for that.
0: It's a lot. It's the, the Patreon dollars go to something Hunter. Yeah.
1: And they, we paid, uh, well, you know, uh, Wolfie O'Malley, uh, <laughs> scat singer from new Orleans, uh, to, to throw that out for us. Wolfie.
0: Hunter, I've got a question for you. Yeah. It's, and it's on theme today. Uh, Great. if Yin indoctrinates your only ground force and that ground force is infantry two. do you get to roll to see if that ground force goes home furthermore does yin get to use dax of animators if they win okay if they if they if they indoctrinate that ground force
1: yeah so before i mess this one up i just want to say part of the rules for this for me is that I don't get to look up anything at all. Right. So, this is an
0: easy answer if you can look things up, but yeah. uh, I want to see if he, what he knows hard off for the cuff. Me to,
1: it's hard for me to remember if Indoctrinate specifically states that the ground force is dying. Right. Um, I'm going to say that you don't get to roll, but Yin does get to Daxiv. No, wait. Combat didn't take place. Yin does not get to Daxiv.
0: <laughs> you had it. You were so close, oh, Hunter. Did I almost com- get... Did I the mess combat dig take place. You uh, were right. Yeah, uh, it is the wording is the only instance of the word replace in the rulebook, which mm-hmm. is doesn't have a definition. Uh, but because it doesn't say destroy, you are right that the infantry does not get to re-roll. Uh, but for the furthermore part, uh, that ability triggers at the start of combat, which mm-hmm. means you are in combat when it happens, even I though see. Yin then gets to use Daxiv, which means. If you're yin versus soul and yin brings one ground force and attacks your one ground force on a planet, yin, without rolling any dice and only spending two influence, will end up with three infantry. It's correct. Three infantry. That's that's the power of yin, right? Is Mm -hmm. is those moments. That's why you don't want to have weak spots as soul. Is it's just like, whoops. That one ground force turned into green. I just let Yin multiply out of nowhere, and now I have a problem that's going to be next round. Next round, that's six ground forces that are going to attack me somewhere else or whatever. That's, they ugh. are
1: like the best argument for yellow-green, really. Like the synergy yeah. between Daxiv, and we didn't even talk about Daxiv. No, we didn't. In the scope of this episode, which what a, we messed up. There's something to errata us on right now. Please <laughs> send Arata saying, why didn't you guys talk about Daxiv? Especially since I've requested
0: it. Please. well we definitely will because people every man i can't believe week, i
1: almost got that one right and then i know i, just I feel like, bad for you i i just like last minute was like no there's no
0: way you got it right every week on the discord uh there's a couple people that like listen to the podcast and kind of comment on it live and i love that they do this but i also hate that they do this it's like blark knob and it's brian and mm-hmm. they just start throwing out errata and it's like listen bud Stick around for ten minutes and right. we fix it, okay? Give me ten minutes and I'll fix it. But no, it's fine. You're right. You're always right. But just make me feel better.
1: We've got Thanks. a play of the week this week too. You want to do uh, it? You want to read it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this this is, is uh, one.
0: This is one that you requested a few weeks ago, and I've been neglecting to put it on the docket. But uh, during promissory notes, you asked for anyone who had stories about. Really awesome Infinity Gauntlets. So
1: this is our Infinity Gauntlet Play of the Week. Um, This was submitted by David. Thank you very much, David. Um, In a five-player, 14-point game, I played extra uh, playing into diplomacy. Ooh, how dare you? Uh, (laughs) I I was far behind from disproportionate resource distribution, so players were not adverse to profiting from the underdog. One player did a support swap, Another was bought with instinct training, another was for quashing, and the last one was a spur of the moment. I need trade goods. Um, I jumped on them or negotiated it, all while ma- maintaining an underdog status and ensuring the big bad barony. So what what we're saying, what he's saying is that uh, he's getting uh,
0: he has four support for support for the support throne. For the throne. He people. has every single support for the throne. Uh, and 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 but meanwhile, big bad barony with war sons and dreads right. were still the public enemies. So, so
1: so they were they were public enemies. I couldn't attack anybody, <laughs> but my fortified PDS bunker ensured nobody would attack me. Diplomacy allowed me to annex just enough rich planets, and I even managed to annex unaligned magi's home systems. Second planet. Well, now that's crazy. Um,
0: (laughs) That's like a whole other story that's not magi. How did you let oh my
1: god, egg? There's so much egg on your face right now, magi. Um, I was speaking when the final agenda phase. I was speaker, sorry, I was speaker. I was was talking to my friend. Uh, No, (laughs) I was speaker when the final agenda phase turns around. Representative government law comes out, one vote per player. It was already in place, yeah. They're they're voting
0: on this with representative
1: government. I've never read anything before. Um, (laughs) So both voting action cards were spent, and I had surreptitiously moved 11 command counters to my strategy pool. God, these are like my favorite (laughs) stories when people talk about this. On the second vote, I quashed until I got mutiny, played three political secrets to silence my other opponents, ensuring I got the mutiny point, I withstood a turn of defending my slice and
0: popped imperial.
1: That's that's really wild. That that's, that's
0: like, I mean, that's, that's on five them points though. points from nothing. That's five points out of out of thin air. I
1: can't believe <laughs> that it didn't like it didn't trigger like the later one, like especially the I know. the like oh I I need trade goods. I feel like I would be like I'm not gonna let you get. <laughs> the, the last one <laughs> the last one like i'd be like i'm not gonna give this to you for no no matter what i'm not right. doing this but i mean I, 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 I yeah i i i think that's amazing especially the that's part, almost a,
0: that was almost a double a double yeah Infinity i was about conflict. to say like
1: <laughs> the fact that that he was able to uh take anna that he was able to annex unaligned magi's home systems one of those planets yeah. after getting his support for the throne. I mean, that is... How so... did you
0: even get adjacent to uh, Ma- Unaligned yeah, Magi's did... home system?
1: There's so much I want to know about this game. Yeah. What a cool one. Thank you, David. Thank you Thank so you, much. Thank you, David. I got to ask more for specific plays right. of the week, because this yeah. was, is was great. All right. Hey, so here's something interesting. If you thought my energy <laughs> was, was weird uh, this episode, I walked all across... I walked across Portland to get back to my house and the hot, hot sun basically, I like, I basically like overheated uh, and have been in a, I, I feel like I've been walking through a desert and uh, my brain isn't, isn't working too well right now. And I feel kind of sick.
0: So yeah, this was, brain a, on.
1: this was a sick day for me, just so you guys know. I, I came into work on my sick day. Well, Hunter- should have called in.
0: As your employer, we never ask of you to do that, but we we appreciate the sacrifice.
1: Oh, that's good. Matt, you're going to be a good manager for a restaurant sometime. Have I ever told <laughs> you that? That was a good manager for... Oh, well, we never... We, we accept no liability when it comes to you and your choices, but we do appreciate it.
0: Well, when EJ and I open up our board game bar in Fayetteville, Arkansas, you're hired.
1: That's... I'm really... that. That's... This is not the first time that he's talked about this. I'm really excited about this idea. Just having like a, a cool. Now, the, obviously, this is a horrible business idea. Like this is how in Arkansas, you really think of board? No, no game? Dude, way. There are, there are board game bars in quirky old Portland, Oregon that are failing basically. <laughs> and and we're quirky and goofy out I don't know if you guys have heard, but uh, keep Portland weird, right? <laughs>